GAA Sports Desk. Brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. Welcome to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. In studio this evening is myself, Peter Brannigan, and I begin by thanking Hugh and the Live Drive team for getting you home safely this evening. Live Drive will be back on air tomorrow morning at 7am. Well, the wait is nearly over. The All-Ireland Senior Football Championship final takes place this Sunday. Dublin going for five titles in a row, taking on Kerry, the last team who nearly won five titles in a row back in 1982. The most successful county in the game against the second most successful county in the game. The stage really is all set at Crow Park for Sunday. Over the next hour or so, we're going to be getting the views of Herald journalists Ronan McLaughlin and Connor McKeown. We're going to be hearing from regular contributor and former Dublin selector Brian Talty. And indeed, we are going to be getting a Kerry perspective as well. We're going to be hearing from the sports editor of Kerry's Eye, Sylvester Hennessy. If you want to contact us in studio, you can. The text line here 087-977-1032 You can email us gasportsdesk at dublincityfm.ie or you can head over onto our Facebook page which is GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. But we are going to begin with some build-up from within the Dublin camp. Michael Dar McCauley is somebody who a couple of years ago looked like maybe his Dublin career was coming slowly to an end. Injury had given him a difficult season but he's worked his way back through 2018 and particularly through this summer to be back into the starting team. Now, of course, we won't know the Dublin starting lineup until, well, until Saturday afternoon, but maybe until 25 past three on Sunday afternoon. But recently at Dublin GA's press night before this game, I spoke with Michael Darren McCauley to see how things were going. I remember speaking to you after the 2017 final and you sort of said you felt that uh, necessarily hadn't really been involved because of the season that you'd had. Now you're right back in the team, in the starting team, obviously with the semi-final. So you must be quite happy with where your game is at. Um, yeah, we're happy with it at the moment, I suppose. Look, 2017 was it was a struggle, I suppose. Just, I was coming back from a lot of injuries and different bits and pieces, so it didn't work out for me. And that happens. That happens as an athlete. Um, so yeah, look, I haven't had a scratch this year. Not a not a not a broken nail to report, unfortunately, or fortunately. Um, so yeah, it's all good, and we're looking forward to the big one as well. And speak to me a little bit about that Mayo game. In terms of you've obviously been with this team for a while. How how good did it feel to be involved in that, that particularly that period just after half time when you got 2-6 without reply like how how good a performance was that in terms of the games you've played in yeah look I suppose it was, it was probably up there um, I think every team kind of gets purple patches in games um, and it's kind of how you kind of ride that wave and we, we just kind of capitalised on it um, and obviously as you said got some good return off it um, so look and look, we know Kerry are going to get a purple patch against us and it's kind of how we kind of maybe kind of slow that down and, and try and get back the momentum for ourselves is, is a huge part of it so um, yeah look it was, it was a nice kind of it was a nice start to the second half and we'll definitely take that against Kerry now the next day And is that something that has improved in your time in this Dublin team like how you kind of react to those purple patches to other teams there, there doesn't seem to be any sense of panic or anything like that I don't want to use the word process but it seems like the team just goes back to going through the process going through the system and there's no sense of panic when a team comes at you always stick to the process <laughs> the I think no look I think we, we, we've been through the ringer we've, it's, not, it's not our first time losing at half time uh, so we're already used to it um, and we, we know before the game we knew before the Mayo game we know before the Kerry game that they are very much so capable of beating us uh, and if, if we're not playing ball at the highest level 
um, we're just not going to win. It's simple as that. Um, so we knew we had to. There's no panic. There's no. There's no. There's no brave heart in the dressing room. Unfortunately, um, we just just try and figure out what's going wrong from a practical point of view. Uh, what can we What can we done better and and bring that into the second half? Yeah. And in terms of, I suppose, looking forward to, to Kerry, does it matter to you guys that it is Kerry? I mean, I know you're, you're never necessarily going to concentrate on the other team, but the fact that Dublin-Kerry is such a kind of a, a rivalry, a bit like Tip and Kilkenny and Hurling, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of the big game maybe in the sport. Does that impact your thinking or the way you approach a game? It doesn't really um, impact the way I think about it. I suppose that, like, it does make it a bit more special. There's no kind of, there's no hiding from it or whatever. Like, there's there's been a big... Uh, Big rivalry and legacy over the last number of decades. Um, we've only been in, involved in, in the latest couple of chapters, um, but it's been um, yeah. Look, as far as look, it has been special. Everyone knows that the seventies carry on, and, and and we've had some big ones over the last couple of years as well. Um, so yeah, look, it's, we and we've come out both sides of them as well. So we, we know um, we know we have to have to be on the ball now. Come Sunday, so it, look, I'm just happy to be to be a part of the the next chapter, and hopefully it's a, it's a book worth reading for us. And in terms of uh, when you were growing up and watching the dubs, going to Crow Park, whatever it might have been, who were the, the big rivalries? Who were the games that when you were young you really loved going to see Dublin playing against? Um, I look, yeah, I suppose well, there would have been a few few big ones against Mayo, um, and even our man that that Tyrone team. Um, I would have would have been at uh, a lot of those games. So I saw my really Cosgrove's point and all that sort of stuff was directly behind me as it was just bending. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, that's the, they were the games that I, I would have been uh, in in attendance for and definitely made an impact on me. Like sure, sure. In terms of the squad at the moment, when you see players like. Like Bernard, like uh, Ono Carr, like Roy O'Carroll, not even getting in the twenty-six. Is that like is that sort of reassuring the fact that you know that you're playing well enough to be in the twenty-six, or is it sort of worrying the fact that you can be cut from from play? They were playing in you know in Oma and then not being even in the twenty-six the following week. Yeah, look, it's it's tough, it's tough, and I suppose I think I have more kind of empathy than most for this sort of stuff because. I think I've been nearly every number on this squad at some stage, um, so I'm kind of well aware of, of how things go and how fickle um, this whole football shindig can be. Um, so yeah, look, it's 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 a kind of it's a tough spot for players to be in, and I thought people don't know what's happening um, when they're on the outside, and people just can a lot of times injuries involved and, and different bits and pieces, so a lot of time it might be as straightforward as people think. Um, so, but it is tough. Look, everyone wants to be in the everyone wants to be on the pitch. That's why you play football. You know, you don't you're not there to be a spectator. Um, you're there to play. So, and, and it's even tougher if, if people aren't even getting on the bus. This Kerry team, obviously young. Uh, you know, a lot of young lads have come into us from teams that Peter Keane managed previously. Uh, they beat you in the league now. I appreciate that was coming on seven months ago. But you know, there was twelve of the Kerry lads involved that day who were involved yesterday. So you know, you would have got a fairly good look up with them close up. What, what impresses you most about them, or where are they dangerous? Um, look, they're look, they're a serious outfit. We don't have to. We're not patronising them at all by, by saying that. Like like everyone knows how good they are. Uh, they're putting up huge scores at the moment. Um, obviously the, the, the lads up front have been David Moran's flying in midfield. Um, just all over the park. Like they're like they're they're a serious outfit. So we know we're gonna have to bring our A game, or else it's just just not gonna be good enough. Uh, because as you said, they've they've they beat us uh, in the league. They 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 know how to beat us. Um, and they'll they'll have that confidence going into the game. This it's they'll they'll know that it's a doable task to to beat us. So we have to we have to try and come up with a a, a plan to 
to ruin their plan. And that was Dublin midfielder Michael Darrett McCauley. And indeed, stopping the carry plan is what Dublin have to do on Sunday. Now, looking ahead to the game on Sunday, earlier on this evening, I caught up with our regular contributor, Ronan McLaughlin of the Herald. It's kind of a, a weird sort of circumstance in this decade that Dublin are going into one of these big games as as the team that's been in the ascendancy, going for five in a row. So, uh, as I say, a great occasion to look forward to. It is a great occasion, yeah. I suppose it's a weird one for the older Dublin supporters, and I think for the young ones... Uh, We've only been following the last, say, 10 years or so. It's, it's probably what they've come to expect. But for those of us who've been reared on kind of bitter disappointments and, you know, always looking up to, to Kerry as being the standard bearer, it's a strange sensation to go into an All-Ireland final against them and be very, very confident that uh, Dublin will prevail. It's not what we've been reared on. Um, and it's a strange sensation, all right. But, yeah, absolutely a great, um, great occasion. Let's uh, look forward to on Sunday with Dublin, you know, the fact that Dublin are looking for something that Kerry weren't able to achieve back in the, the late 70s, early 80s with that wonderful team that they had and the fact that it's Kerry who are the, the one team who can stop them. So, I mean, it's building up to being an absolute classic and I suppose the one thing you, you don't want is that the, the occasion itself becomes too much and the game doesn't actually match uh, the build-up and that it, it ends up being a bit of an anticlimactic game and I, I think 2015 final was a kind of a strange game in that sense. You're hoping for something similar, or sorry, something different to what happened that day. Yeah, indeed, and and I suppose maybe the difference between the, the Kerry team then and now, you know, they've they've introduced quite a number of players over the last couple of years. New manager come in, you know, they don't have the the kind of the baggage that likes of uh, you know Gooch Cooper and Donny and Declan and Darren sort of these lads who've all gone would have had. You know, these are, are young, confident Kerry players coming to Crow Park. They are. They're all of those things. I think the most important thing you mentioned there was they have a new manager, um, a manager who's who's has a great record in terms of winning and in terms of winning trophies and championships. Um, and that can't be underestimated. Um, and he's brought along a lot of players who have won things alongside him. Um, I wouldn't say there's no pressure on these younger players because, you know, anytime you put on a Kerry jersey, and I'd say it's the same with Dublin, there's pressure on you. And, they, 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 you know, it's, it's how mature you are to deal with that particular and, and sort of pressure that's placed upon you. Um, there will be concerns in Kerry that Dublin will beat them. I mean, reading any of the the build-ups in the paper, it's kind of, you know, you're looking at a lot of things to go right for Kerry and for Dublin to have a bit of a malfunction somewhere along the line for, for Kerry to prevail. So I think there's a small bit of pressure on them. Um, but I suppose, similarly, Dublin, I, I don't think, I generally don't believe Dublin are the players themselves and I'm that concerned about the five in a row or whatever history is is perhaps going to, to fall their way. I think they're just more focused on getting the job done and winning another All-Ireland title and it could be their second uh, on the bounce it could be their tenth I don't think it's going to matter too much to them and they've shown before they're such a level-headed mature bunch that um, I think they'll just play the 70 minutes as they see it and if they need to change things around they have that capacity to do so so that's why I suppose you'd be going into the game as Dublin supporters with, with a fair degree of confidence behind them. Yeah, indeed. And I, I read uh, Ray Cosgrove earlier on this week talking about um, Johnny Cooper taking Paul Ganey. And then I was talking to Barry Cahill yesterday. He said he'd prefer uh, Mick Fitzsimons to do the job. Would, would you have a preference? Who would you like to see pick up the likes of uh, Clifford and Ganey up in that, that carry forward line? Um, no, I, I, I don't have a preference in the sense that um, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what my preference is. I think... Um, <laughs> what Jim Gavin has done since he's become Dublin manager and this is I suppose why I'd have such faith in them is he generally gets his calls right he very rarely gets things wrong and given the amount of calls he has to make whether it's who starts the game whether who he has in his match day 26 whether who comes on when who they come on for he generally has this unbelievable ability to make the right calls at the right time 
and I'm, I'm assuming that um, they will have a plan for all different players and all different eventualities. I suppose um, Mick Fitz might be the South Cook after Clifford, um, but I, one thing I suppose I would like to get across, I mean, this Kerry forward line has been heralded as being, you know, their, their strong point and, and um, that they're an exceptional bunch of players. I don't think they're exceptional at this moment in time. I think they certainly have potential. I think Clifford has potential to be one of the best um, carry forwards there's been in the last 10 years. But if you compare the forward line that's due to play next Sunday with perhaps the forward line that Kerry had in 2011 or maybe 2013, you know, when James who was firing on all cylinders and you had Gooch still as one of the best forwards in the country when you'd star, when you had Paul Galvin, Declan O'Sullivan. I mean, those names were proven quality and um, I think these carry players have, still have a fair bit to go before you could say they are proven at the highest level. So I don't buy into this whole idea that this carry forward line is as exceptional as it is. I think they have potential to be that, but they're not there yet. And that's why you would you would take Dublin's forward line ahead of them any day of the week, given what those players, what those Dublin players have achieved in the last few years. Yeah, and I suppose on that point, you've been, as you said at the start of the interview, you've been uh, following this, uh, following Dublin teams even for for many years. That period against Mayo, that that two six spell that they got, um, have you seen anything like that from a Dublin team before to be be so, I suppose, so dangerous in such a short period, short short period of time even. Yeah, I can recall a couple of those sort of periods, but they end up losing matches, and <laughs> there was more the opposition who were having those periods rather than ourselves. I remember Kildare Blitzness in the start of the second half of a, of a Leinster final uh, there, I think, back at the start of the noughties, which is particular sickener, um, given how well Dublin played in the first half. And this is what it goes back to, I suppose, what we were discussing earlier on, that back in those days, there wasn't that confidence and there wasn't the faith in the Dublin team that... You, they could go on and, and win those games. You know, the, the Mayo 2006 will stay with me. No matter if Dublin win Ireland for the rest of my life, every year that 2006 semi-final will still live with me. <laughs> um, similarly, Cork in, in um, the semi-final in 1993. Um, all kinds of these games that will stay with you. Um, that's why you would never take any of these successes for granted. What this Dublin team has done, though, which is what they proved again against Mayo in the, in the third quarter is they have this ability to get the job done. They have an ability to deal with the problems as they present themselves on the pitch. And they've proven in the, since they lost Donegal in 2014, which was a bit of a shock, and they, they were exposed and the system did break down to a certain degree. But they've pr- proven themselves that if even if they're not going to win a game, they, they won't lose it. They'll stay in the championship. God, there was a couple of times in those draws against Mayo in 2015 and 16 um, that they could have gone out at that stage, but they managed to, to battle on and get the draw and go and learn things and be the better team in the replay. And that's what they've proven all along. And um, it doesn't surprise me when they do things like, like what they did against Mayo the last day. They just have that ability now and they're playing with such confidence. Yeah, and very finally, I suppose, uh, the big question, who's going to win on Sunday and how much might they win by? Um, that, that, that's a tricky one, all right. Um I don't think I've ever gone into an All-Ireland uh, final um, with this particular sort of Dublin era uh, being as confident as I am that they'll win. I think they will win because I just think they're the better team. Of course, certain things will happen uh, during a game. Obviously, you don't want an injury to a Brian Fenton or Stephen Clutson or someone like that because that will upset the team massively. And They do have depth, but maybe not depth in, in the sense that you you wouldn't want any of them to go off. Um 
I think Dublin might just see what Kerry have, so I don't think that you're going to see a blitz. I think what Dublin did against Mayo was, I mean, let's be honest about it, when um, Con got the second of his goals against Mayo the last day, Dublin could really, if they carried on in a similar vein, they could have gone on and won that game by oh, 15, 20 points if they really, really wanted. They decided to sit back, just hold what they had and, and kind of hit on the counter and kind of just took it easy from that point on. Um, I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as that. I think the game will still be compassed over 55, 60 minutes to go. Sorry, gone. But um, I think Dublin will always have a kind of a handy enough four or five point lead all the way through. And I think they'll possibly win by that, that margin. But as you said, I mean, a city sending off or a bad decision, a rash decision can change all that. But all things being equal, you'd expect Dublin to win by four or five. And our thanks to Ronan for giving us his time a little bit earlier on this evening. We'll be hearing from his colleague in the Herald, Conor McKeown, uh, a little bit later on in the show. Now, let's get a little bit of an insight to the Kerry camp. Peter Keane took over as senior manager at the start of this season. And recently he spoke with Tim Moynihan, who's the Radio Kerry match commentator. A big thanks to the lads down at Radio Kerry for providing this audio for us. But this is uh, Kerry manager Peter Keane. Peter, it's been an amazing journey all year. We went to a league final. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get over the line, but it was a brilliant experience for the young guys. It's like it's taken on a life its own, this journey, uh, with this uh, team. Guys coming into form, uh, younger guys getting the experience. Is it a case of these guys have to become men overnight? Well, I suppose, look, if you look at it, Timmy, um, start of the year, a few guys walked away, and I suppose a few guys had left the year before. So I think we've given something like um, in, in, to Kerry, in, in Kerry in the last 16 months. I think about 16 fellas have, have got a debut. A few other fellas came back. So there's been a huge change here over a short period of time. Uh, added to that, you have a new management as well. Um, so look, I suppose experience is something that's in tin on the ground. And how do you get it? Only by, by going at it and, and giving fellas games and giving them their head. And, you know, when you call it, um, it, it taking a life of its own, I, I, I think the support that this team have got over, over the period that I've been involved anyway since last January has been phenomenal from where I'd look at it. Do you know, above in Crow Park last Sunday again, the crowd that travelled and, and, you know, it seems as if people are talking in, in the national airwaves as, as that Kerry didn't travel. I think Kerry travelled in great numbers last Sunday to Crow Park um, and, you know, they give great support to the team previously in, in the week before in Navan they gave great support to the team and before that inside in Killarney um, this, 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 this fan, these fans have been behind this team all year and I think they're very understanding of where we're at and maybe where we're, we're short in experience and, and you know we will make mistakes but they're, they're behind them four square We mentioned there's an excitement amongst the Kerry supporters we're looking forward to an All-Ireland final playing Dublin you know they're going to be raging hot favourites, um, Peter. Uh, it's going to take a mammoth task from Kerry uh, to take on the Dubs in the first place, never mind winning. Uh, look, absolutely, you're talking about a team that are going for five in a row, and I suppose they were probably unlucky in 14 in, in, in a, in, in a semi final against, against Donegal. Do you know that in some ways they could be going for six if, 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 if it happened that way for them? Um, but that said, look, you know, we'll, 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 we'll prepare as good as we can and we'll go and we'll give it as good a shot as we can. And your thing with the you've dealt with a lot of these guys at minor level, Peter. Is that an advantage to you? These guys have won all Ireland medals. Uh, they've already won in Crow Park. It's going to be totally different at senior level. But the, that balance is there with the more mature guys, the Shane Inwrights, the David Morns of this world. It's a nice balance in this Kerry team. Well, look, I, I suppose um, Timmy, uh, as a management, uh, myself and James Foley, Tommy Griffin, Donny Buckley, and and Morris Fitzgerald, we came in here um, with a view that it was a blank page. 
And do you know we weren't hung up on what fellas did before? It was what fellas could do now. And and do you know that's the way we've been looking at it all through. That was Kerry manager Peter Keane. Indeed, uh, a blank canvas for his younger players, but they'll be looking to write their own chapter into the uh, fairly rich history of Kerry football on Sunday. Now, somebody who would know these Dublin players very well from uh, being involved in different clubs in the city over the year, and of course uh, being a selector in Dublin teams in the past, is Brian Talty. Now, I spoke to him a little bit earlier on this evening, but we began by looking back into the past. The last time a team was going for five in a row, you were in your, your heyday of your career, you know, playing playing with Galway. This Dublin team, obviously in a completely different era, so comparing the teams is different, but the build-up to the game. Can you remember 82 and looking in from the outside versus, you know, 2019 and, and looking in from the outside as you are now? I can't really, like, but I think there's a lot of lot, a lot of talk goes on now that, you know, the players are protected and everything like that, but, you know, they, they have to see it, like, and, you know, people are, are beginning to say, look, you know, you don't see it happening and Jim Gavin is not going to allow this to get in and all that kind of thing. The only difference, uh, Peter, is I suppose back when Kerry were going for a five in a row, there was 8,000 people going to training and everything like that, you know, so that probably just added to it. But, you know, Mick O'Dwyer did say during the during the week there, I listened to an interview, he was saying, look, it was the same when we were going for three in a row and four in a row and three in a row after that again. And, you know, he was saying he wouldn't change anything, you know, but you do see around Dublin, you know, people are talking about five in a row and there's this, that, the other, and, 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 and that kind of carry-on has gone on outside of the camp. I think within the camp, They'll just be taking this as an All Ireland final, and an All Ireland final to be won. Yeah, absolutely, and and I suppose you've worked with uh, with many of these Dublin players. One of the players, or a couple of the players that have, have stood out of, have come from Rohini, a club you'd obviously know uh, well. Um, talk to me a little bit about Brian Fenton in midfield. How impressed have you been with Brian Fenton over the last few years since he's come yeah, into this team? Well, he's a real modern uh, midfielder, you know, and he's a guy who you know has the stamina to keep going in Croke Park, you know. He's 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 he turn of speed is unbelievable for a six foot six foot four six foot four six foot five guy like that he can just sell a dummy and he he's gone and his shooting has improved so much I mean I think he's the third top scorer on the team now at the moment you know and that's that's coming from from him practicing and and you know they've had they have him practicing shooting goals now as well you can see the the delight in his face when he got the goal the last day against uh, it was a Tyrone you know so. Um, he's a massive footballer, like, and, and I mean, his skill level is, is is huge as well, you know. So, and you know, you kind of put your finger on it as regards the match for uh, on Sunday. What are Kerry going to do with uh, with Brian Fenton now? You know, what are they going to do with a lot of the Dublin players? Is the other question. But Fenton would be a big man now to mark, and, and I just have a feeling they might play young Jack Barry on on Fenton and, and and hope that he can do a job for a while, and maybe throw in somebody else then after that if they have. Have somebody else to do it, you know. But um, it's it's amazing because he's half a Kerry man as well, you know. Which is the the amazing thing, you know. But um, look, he's he's a modern day footballer, a midfielder. He's up and down the field and uh, covers covers Cork Park brilliantly. Well, yeah, and I mean, you you, you hint at matchups there. I was just about to ask in terms of those those Kerry forwards. There's obviously six fairly impressive forwards, but the, maybe the two standout players, the ones that have caused Dublin damage down through the years, well. Uh, down through the years in the case of Keeney anyway Paul Keeney and then the new lad on the block David Clifford who's uh, he just looks incredible yeah they are you know what I mean but they, they're they're kind of they're typical carry forwards in the sense that they're very classy and I'm not sure they have the work rate I, I, I know somebody said to me the other day we were discussing and I said give me Paul Mannion ahead of any of them any day you know and Paul doesn't Paul doesn't look to be that that kind of a classy player, but by God, you know, the skills of the man is unbelievable and the work rate of him, you know, compared to the, the Kerry lads, you know, all, there's always the talk about the defence and defence is poor. 
I'm not sure that their forwards work hard enough to stop the opposition coming out. But you think of the, the Paul Mannings and the Kieran Kelly, uh, Brian Howard and these fellas. It's very hard for uh, the opposition defence to get out. Um, you know, Kerry, they look classy and they will kick some great scores. But I just get the feeling Dublin has people to man-mark all the good forwards. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're picking out maybe two or three of them there and I still think Dublin have the, the defenders to, to actually take them. The big question for me will be if Tommy Walsh starts or whether he comes in or what, would he cause the trouble he caused the last day because he certainly got that forward line ticking. Yeah, indeed he did. What what about, I suppose, then approach to Dublin? Because we saw Mayo in the semi-final in the first half. They they had Dublin rattled, you know. Uh, they had a couple of the, the big players maybe out of the game and other players under pressure. And then in the second half, Dublin turned it on or went up a level a little bit or even maybe just the, the little push that Con got on, on Lee Keegan to get the space for the goal, just to open things up. You know, how can Kerry approach trying to slow down Dublin? Is it, can you be that intense for 70 minutes? Well, that's the question, you know what I mean? Like, And I remember talking to uh, to one of the top-class coaches in, in inter-county football at the minute, and they were saying that, you know, you just cannot keep up that intensity for, for so long. You, but, P- Peter, you look at Dublin and look at the intensity that they bring to the game for the whole game, that kind of a thing. There's no kind of sitting back and allowing short little kick-outs and saying, like, 10 minutes later, we'll go and we go man-to-man. Like, there, there's an intensity about Dublin right through the game. So so why can't other teams do that? Like, I mean, is Dublin's conditioning so far ahead of everybody else is, is the question. Do you know what I mean? But but uh, I think the other thing is, probably we said it on this programme many of the time, the bench is there hmm. for fellas to come on. Now, have have Kerry got six subs like Dublin have to come into the game, like kind of a thing. And, and, and fellas with the pace that the Dublin guys have when they come into the game and the influence they have on the game. So that could be a, that could be a huge thing. But, you, you know, you look at Kerry and they have kind of less fellas on the subs to, to, to actually bring in, like you think of Jack Sherwood, the, the, you know, the influence he had the last day. Tommy Walsh had a huge influence. So have they a few more? That would be the... That'd be the big question, but 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 you know to have to beat Dublin, you got to be able to keep going for that 70, 75 minutes. Yeah, indeed, and bringing all that together, I suppose is is this are we heading for a repeat of nineteen seventy five, Brian, or is this Dublin about to create a bit of well, not only GA history but really Irish sporting history on Sunday afternoon? Well, if we look at if we look at form on form at at the moment, you'd have to go for Dublin. But you know, I think you said to me off air there, you know, that this is Kerry and this is Kerry. And uh, can they come up with something? Um, you know, I, I think the Tommy Walsh thing, Dublin will be well prepared for that. But I liked the way he played against uh, against Tyrone. And it wasn't only for a big high ball, Peter. It was for the ball out in front of him that he was winning ball and leaving it off and stuff like that. Will they play him from the start? And will he be able to get that forward line ticking? And if he does, if that forward line ticks, the big thing will be the middle of the field then. And, and I just think Dublin have it in the middle of the field and have a dominance and will have a dominance. Even though, you know, young Morden is playing really well in the middle of the field, has he got the legs for Crow Park to keep going? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm not sure who they're going to put on Brian Fenton to slow him down. So I think that might just, it might just hinge on that middle of the field area. Uh, and I think Dublin have the answers in around there. And my thanks to Brian, as ever, for joining me on the show. Now somebody who played in many of the games that Dublin and Kerry contested over the last decade is Darren O'Sullivan. He retired from the Kingdom at the end of last year. Earlier on this week I caught up with him. He was speaking as AIB GAA launched their The Toughest Temptation Challenge and we started by talking about the Dublin-Kerry rivalry. You were involved in, in quite a few of them over the last year's big game semi-finals and finals. So what's the build-up like when it's Dublin? Is it different or are you just thinking about your own team? Uh, as a player it's probably just the same. Um, 
as a supporter, I'm probably seeing the the added hype of it now, and obviously it goes back to all the history and stuff. But as a player, it's not Ireland final, not Ireland semi final. It's a big game, and obviously you have to focus in on the opposition. But really, the the Dublin carry and the history part of it that goes out the window. You just have to focus as much as you can on yourself. And never mind the history, you've seen most of these Dublin players up close. Just how good are they when you take them on in the, the Calder and the Crow Park, I suppose? Yeah, look, there's a reason why they're dominating GA. Um, they're the best team out there for and have been for a number of years. They'd probably go down as one of the greatest teams, if not the greatest team. Um, they have a chance to create history now on Sunday. So like like that, they're obviously phenomenal footballers and great athletes as well on top of it. So like, you'd kind of just have to tip your hat to them for their level of consistency and the way they just keep going year after year. And that whole talk of five in a row, obviously no matter what happens on Sunday, Kerry still have the most All-Ireland titles, but is that would that be the kind of thing that you'd take as extra motivation if you're a player trying to stop a team making a, a record like that? Um, I don't think you can get obsessed with it. I don't think you can think about it too much. At the end of the day, it's, um, it's one All-Ireland. That's what it is. There's one, there's one Sam McGuire and there's a medal for you at the end of it. Um, for this Kerry team, obviously Dublin are going for five in a row, but um, a lot of them wouldn't have been beaten by Dublin in senior football yet in championships. So that's another way for them to look at it, right? They may be going five in a row, but it's not five in a row against us. Um, so that's probably the way I'd be looking at it if I was one of these young Kerry players. But look, for me... As a Kerry fan, I think a lot of neutrals, nobody wants to see them do the five in a row. But uh, like that, look, it's it's there for them, it's in their hands, and I'm just hoping the pressure will be too much for them on Sunday. And that's a big thing, I suppose, baggage. Like, as you say, Dublin have won, I think it's four championship games in a row against Kerry, really close contests. But someone like David Clifford or, or any of those young players, I think there's 15 players have been tried in the Kerry team since the start of last year's National League. They don't any any of that baggage if it is a thing. No, that's the thing. Like I suppose, if we had more of the older players still there, you'd be there going. That kind of um, negative thoughts might creep in, but this young team, like they should have no negative thoughts. You know, a lot of them come come through the ranks, win, winning underage titles and stuff, and like that, they've never been beaten by Dublin Championship. So they can go at it like that. I think all the pressure is on Dublin. Um, this Kerry team probably weren't expected to be in this position for another year or two. So, like, obviously, finals are there to be won, but I don't think that extra pressure of, oh, geez, we've lost the last couple of games applies to this Kerry team. What about getting at a team like Dublin? Where are Dublin weak? I mean, there's a lot made of maybe both teams' full back lines or back six. Are Dublin slightly weak there, or maybe not necessarily weak, but are there areas in that Dublin back six that you can get at? Um, yeah, but I think a lot of teams have been saying that for a lot of, for a lot, for a long time, and they've never managed to get at them. So I think the key really is to get their hands on the ball as much as you can. I think for me, it would be Kerry folks and what they're strongest at. It's not about saying oh Dublin are weak here or Dublin are weak there. It's about where are Kerry strong and focusing on that. Okay. And what about your own career when you're playing against Dublin? What was your what was your sort of big chance? What's the one that you when you look back you think Jesus, we really should have beaten them on that day? 2011, I think. Um, yeah, like that. It's it's uh, it's always gonna be the one that sticks in my side a small bit. Do you know, we we would have felt that um, we were in a great position to close out the game. We just didn't do it. So, yeah, 
you'd always remember the ones you lose anyway. That is Kerry Great, Darren O'Sullivan. As I say, he was talking this week as AIBGA launched their The Toughest Temptation Challenge. Uh, check out the video on their Twitter page. It's pinned to the top. Uh, I can tell you right here, right now, I would be pressing that button at the start of that game and, and making sure I got a chance to watch uh, Dublin in a big game. Now, we are going to head out for a break, but do stay tuned. After the break, we're going to be hearing from Herald journalist Conor McKeown. We're going to be getting the thoughts of Jim Gavin. And we're going to be hearing from the sports editor of the Kerry's Eye, Sylvester Hennessy. Do stay tuned. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Herald, every side of Dublin. And welcome back to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. Now continuing our preview of this Sunday's All-Ireland Senior Football Championship final between Dublin and Kerry. Earlier on, I caught up with Herald journalist Conor McKeown. Great occasion, certainly not something uh, we as Dublin supporters are getting bored of, of looking forward to. Uh, no, but it's funny, like, um, I suppose once the final whistle blew on the 2017 All-Ireland final, this was basically the only thing that mattered in this year. And, you know, I suppose such is the strength of Dublin football at the moment and the strength of that team that we, we probably knew we'd be getting to this point. So it's kind of funny to watch the anticipation build because there was none prior to this. Like, the, the league didn't matter. Um, Dublin are miles ahead of everybody else in Leinster and their, their group for the Super 8. You know, if, if if they could have drawn a group for themselves, they couldn't have made it any more straightforward. So, um, you know, I know the Mayo match probably, you know, got people excited just because of the history between the teams but um, like it's been all kind of building towards this and um, um, I suppose it's the first game that we're properly analysing because I think prior to this nobody really felt there was much chance of Dublin not winning the game whereas now you know it's not just not winning the game but the possibility it's not just not winning an All-Ireland that's the possibility it's uh, you know it's this kind of crack it crack it immortality that's, that's up for grabs on Sunday and, and I think that's why I think that's why everybody's getting very excited this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose let's get straight into it in terms of, of matchups. You know, from the Kerry point of view, you've got maybe Mannion and Con O'Callaghan, who've, well, Mannion has been particularly impressive. And then Con obviously got the couple of goals the last day. Uh, Kieran Kilkenny, also a big playmaker for Dublin. Who would you see in Kerry trying to kind of stifle them a bit? Well, I think Tom O'Sullivan is the most obvious man to go on, Paul Mannion. He, uh, he's very strong and he's very quick and he can. Um, you know, he's a good man marker. It's funny, like I was looking at, I think Don Fowl is the name of the Twitter account. Uh, he does an awful lot of statistics and, and he, he put up some, he put up some statistics for Paul Mannion shooting earlier on and it's like his his conversion rates are extraordinary this year, particularly from outside the kind of scoring zone that Dublin usually score from. And I think what makes it all the more extraordinary with Paul Mannion is the fact that you know that nine times out of ten he's going to kick off left foot yet he can still get that shot away and make space for himself so um, like that seems a pretty obvious matchup to me uh, I can't see Jason Foley picking up Conor Callum after the last day so I would imagine that um, I would imagine Gavin Crowley would go back into that position and I think the big one for Kerry would be Tyke Morley on, on Jack McCaffrey they sort of nearly look similar like you know they're, they're kind of similar build they have the same way of going about them they're both ferociously strong Tyke Morley is pretty comfortable no matter what position the pitch that Jack or the, sorry that Kieran Kenny brings him to. So um like you know, I think they're pretty obvious matchups and like for Kerry's point of view, okay, the defence in the Munster final they gave up three goals and probably should have conceded five or six goals. But you know, since then they've only given away two goals and they haven't given away too many goal chances. So the the kind of I wouldn't call it a myth, but it's a theory that Kerry are very very vulnerable at the back. I'm not sure that necessarily checked out. I think there were definitely systematic flaws in how they tried to protect um, Jason Foley the last day with Cahill McShane um, and the positioning of Paul Murphy as 
the sweeper on the team. He was he was just very very ineffective. But um, you know, as a defensive unit, they aren't going to give up too many goal chances. Like you can only see Dublin maybe making two or three goal chances and, and probably having to take one to win the to win the game. But I suppose the point of the matchups is if your matchups seem as obvious as those ones seem to us, it's a good place to start because I think you know with the Dublin forward line, there's an awful lot of variety there, and if you don't have obvious matchups, then you're kind of you know, you're reaching to kind of to to decide which player goes on some of Dublin's most influential forwards. You're you're in stru- you're in trouble before you start, and and uh, that's not something that I think Peter Keane has to worry about this week. What about I suppose the the, the two uh, carry inside forwards, Geeney and uh, David Clifford? Clifford hasn't played Dublin at senior in in Championship level yet, so uh, he's obviously a ex- very exciting prospect. Uh, looks an incredible player. Is there is there somebody? Is there a, a Cooper or Fitzsimons who might be able to do a job on him? Yeah, like uh, it'll be one or the other. I think it's going to be Nick Simons just because he, you know, physically he's the right shape. Um, he's obviously a very sticky man marker, and you know, I think Nick Fitzsimons is a very, I suppose, a very honest defender. He'll go for every single ball. Um, now he can be torn and he's had some bad days in Crow Park but uh, like he's so frustrating to mark now in the league game Keno Sullivan struggled on Clifford and, and Johnny Cooper went back in and, and put manners on him I don't mean put manners on him but he, he was he was much more effective than Keane had been um, and I think technically Johnny Cooper is one of the best defenders in the country man on man Um and I see Davy Bourne probably going on Ganey because that's uh, you know that's probably a stylistic sort of matchup there too. But um, yeah, I think it'll probably be Mick for Simon, you know, with the with the option to move Johnny Cooper across um, if Clifford starts well. But like I think Clifford's an extraordinary footballer, um, and if he gets the ball into his hand, you're nearly dead. Like it's almost a certain score. So you know, I think a big part of this would be whoever marks him. The, the psychology of the game like it, you nearly have to write off a certain number of Clifford scores as kind of collateral damage um, and maybe try and you know prevent the ball coming into him because um, he, he's so good he's so tricky he's so two-footed um, his control is, is so good and he's so good at making space for himself and he's such an accurate shooter um, that like if he does get the ball into his hands you know it's nearly game over what about Stephen Cluxon? Somebody who in previous All Ireland finals there maybe might have been a bit more talk about, but it's it's certainly accepted that he's he's going to have a big impact on the game. You know, Barry Cal was talking this week. It was in obviously in the papers this morning that this might be Cluxon's last game. You know, he might try and go out and finish on five in a row. But just how influential is Stephen Cluxon? Because Kerry have obviously you know you think it's twenty sixteen in particular they've got Adam in a few games. You know, how big is his impact? Well, his impact on the whole team and their sort of. Their values and their ethos is it would probably never sort of fully reveal itself. You know, I mean, the, the standards that are set come from Stephen Cluxon and management. Um, but when he's on the pitch, I think it's just, you know, like he, he, he you know, there are little periods in games where he gives away a couple of kickers, but I think his kicker retention rate is over 80%. And he always has that outfall where if Dublin are struggling and they need to win possession. Um, he can reach for that kick out um, but like he's made an awful lot of really good stops this year and like it just I suppose he, he radiates that kind of authority from the back um, and that's a huge thing for Dublin and, like he's been the outstanding like I think he's been the most influential footballer that Dublin has ever had possibly the most influential footballer that there's ever been in the game of football which is which is saying something for a goalkeeper and if you go back through his All-Ireland finals like in 2017 Mayo got Adam in the first half and in the second half his 
his performance was impeccable. And the 2013 All-Ireland final against Mayo as well, he had an incredible second half. I think Dublin retained 11 or 12 kickouts. So, you know, even if you kind of, and I wouldn't say rattle him, because I'm not sure that he gets rattled, but even if you kind of force him to make mistakes or you, you put so much pressure on him that they end up, um, you know, getting scores off his kickouts, he will compose and then he will calibrate. And, um, you know, I think the team is so well drilled now at this stage. You know, some of those mistakes aren't necessarily substance mistakes. It's kind of a, it's a, a collective failing. But you know, the big thing for Kerry is, you know, that that press that they got in the kick out at, in the first half in 16, like they got 2-1 off it. Um, and it changed the atmosphere in the stadium. But, you know, half-time happened and, and Dublin kind of had to use it to get their act together. And, you know, it might be it might be Tommy Walsh coming off the bench, but whatever Kerry have in mind and whatever stroke they're going to try and pull to get a goal or a couple of goals off, they're going to need it to happen in the second half or preferably with 10 minutes to go because if you give Dublin 40, 45 minutes to, to turn the game around, they're going to turn the game around. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting just to see what way Kerry approached the kick-out, whether they do what they did in 2016 and wait till after they kick it free so they can set up their press or whether they'll drop off completely or whether they'll try and press it every single time because... I suppose the thing about Cluxon's kick out is there is no there are plenty of theories but there's no hard and fast solution because um you might get like all these these mistakes that we talk about that he's had on difficult periods in games, but the reason that they stand out to us is that they're so rare, um and you remember every single one of them. So like his influence influence on this team is enormous. And if he does retire, um you know, I think that's not something that even he will know at this stage. Um, so um, I'd be inclined to enjoy him while he's there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I suppose bringing it all together, what is, what's your head telling you? Are we heading for an ambush on Sunday or is, or is history going to be made by 10 past five? Good history, I mean, from Dublin's point of view. No, I think like, you know, like this Dublin team, even the age sort of bracket of the team, like they're, they're, they're in the whole of their health. Like this isn't like Tipperary in 2010 where you know, they've got a Henry Shefflin who's trying to play with a torn cruciate ligament and, you know, the counties in Gulston, all the hype and did, you know, a very close tangle with their nearest rivals the previous year. Like, Kerry have made huge progress this year and I suppose if any team was going to beat Dublin, it was going to be Kerry because, you know, they've a really good place kicker in Sean O'Shea. They've a forward in Clifford who's probably as talented, you know, with raw talent as any forward has ever been. Um, and then David Moran of a hugely influential midfielder like the sort of fella who could have a big game and it could go a long way to getting Kerry but look Kerry would have to win 10 of the 15 individual battles and get more off their bench than Dublin to win this game um, like they'll have to pull one of those strokes and get a goal or two off it and have the game with their lives and I just like, I just don't see Dublin underperforming here and I think if Dublin perform they win the game that's, that like has been a hard and fast rule for the past three or four years um, and I think Dublin are even sort of um, I think Dublin are even improving as a team like you can see their conversion rate you can see the number of scores they get off every possession when you break it down to that level and there's been a very successful changeover from the really influential players in 2011 and 2013 to the really influential players now, like Brian Fenton and Kieran Kenny, Conor Callaghan, Paul Mannion, Jack McCaffrey. So, um, you know, this Dublin team is still, I know it seems weird that they're going for a $7 Ireland of the decade and five in a row, but this Dublin team probably hasn't even reached its peak yet. So, um you know, barring something unforeseen, I just I can't see anything other than a Dublin victory on Sunday. And a thanks as ever to Connor for joining us on the show.
Now, to get a bit of a Kerry perspective, earlier on this evening, I caught up with Sylvester Hennessy. He's the sports editor of Kerry's Eye newspaper down in the kingdom. And he also recently released his book, Kerry Abu, which uh, I just saw in uh, Easton's on O'Connell Street, uh, kind of high up the rankings for the week that's in it. So uh, obviously plenty of Kerry supporters in the city. But as I say, I spoke to Sylvester earlier on this evening to get his view ahead of Sunday's match. Dublin Kerry finals, a bit like Tipperary and Kilkenny and Hurland. They're, they're games that people involved in those counties really look forward to. Great rivalry down through the years. And this is a game to really sink our teeth into uh, coming up on Sunday. Well, you know, I was thinking about it. I wonder, is, is it one of the biggest football games of all time, Peter? You know, um, the context of the game with Dublin going for five in a row, um, the way this decade has panned out. You know, I, I think it's a massive game. In, in, in the, the history of the GA, you know. Mm. Um, Kerry and Dublin finals are always big games, but this one, obviously, is extra special. Um, people still talk about 1982 and what happened with Kerry and Offaly, and I think if Dublin win, people will never forget this occasion. If they lose, they'll never forget this occasion. So no matter what happens on, on, on Sunday, really, it, it's, it's going to be an extraordinary game. Yeah, indeed. And, and looking at Kerry this year, obviously coming from 2018 where they'd failed to get into the Super 8s group, this has been great progress. The National League final, I know they didn't win it, but they got to the National League final and, uh, you know, they've looked impressive uh, impressive this summer as well. Well, I would have thought that this year was going to be a learning year for Kerry, right? There was a huge amount of change, change of management, obviously, at the start of the year with Infants Mars gone from last year, Peter Keane coming in after his success with the Miners. And then, you know, you have those, uh, you've heard all this about the debutants. We've had 14 debutants on the panel right now, chaps of debutants in the last 15 months. So I would have seen this very much as a learning year for Kerry and this group of Kerry players, and yet they're in an All-Ireland final. So it's been an extraordinary year from a Kerry point of view. Um, I don't think many Kerry supporters would have expected to see us in a final. Um, And I think we are slightly ahead of what most people would have seen the progress of this new look team at this stage of their progression but Kerry being Kerry they're in All-Ireland final now and everyone's hoping obviously they can win it you know Yeah indeed and, and Peter, Keane seem, Peter Keane even seems like a, a very astute manager apart from obviously his three minor titles he had success uh, locally down in Kerry and as you say he's brought a team that maybe people didn't fancy to get to a final into the stage where they can uh, they can try and stop this drive for five from Dublin Well he, he's you know, you, you mentioned drive for five. He's going for his own fifth All-Ireland himself. He won an All-Ireland uh, in Crow Park as manager of St. Mary's. He won, he won three in a row with, with, with the minors and completed the five in a row at minor level for Kerry. And if, if Kerry won on, um, on Sunday, he would complete five All-Ireland titles in his short managerial career. So he's somewhat of a phenomenon himself. I know he hasn't been prominent in the intercounty scene and the senior intercounty scene, but he would he would be well regarded down here. He was the natural uh, successor to him, Fitzmaurice as well, and he surrounded himself with a, a really strong backroom team. But um, his record is phenomenal. He, he hasn't lost a championship game as minor and senior manager. So look, there's there's an awful lot of plus factors on both sides of the argument, you know. And what about, I suppose, the, the big areas? Like we saw in the, the first half of the All-Ireland semi-final between Dublin and Mayo, that Mayo brought an incredible intensity. You know, Dublin's big players were not having good games. Like if, like of Brian Fenton, Kieran Kilkenny were sort of fairly anonymous. They were being put off their game. Can mm-hmm. Kerry bring that kind of intensity and do it for more than 35 minutes? Well, put it this way, Peter, if they don't, they might as well not show up in Crow Park, you know. Um, I thought, having watched the game and analysed that Dublin-Mayo um, game, 
yes, Mayo did well in the first half, but they completely blew themselves out of the water with that first half performance. Um, the two O'Shea's didn't have a tackle in the second half. They didn't touch the ball for the for the first uh, 17 minutes of of the second half. Dublin totally blissed them, as we all saw with our own two eyes. But what impressed me most about Dublin in that game was the work rate. It was consistent from start to finish, and their front three of of, of Rock, Kilkenny, and Mannion worked harder than anyone else in the team. And it set me thinking that this must be the real reason why Dublin are so so, so successful, in that their their front three are their most hard-working players and also possibly their most skillful players as well. So I think Kerry will try to match Dublin's intensity for a sustained period of time, but to be fair about it, nobody has really managed to do that over the last four or five years. And what about matchups? I suppose there's, there's a lot of talk in Dublin about who's going to take Geeney and who's going to take Clifford. What about on the Kerry end? Who's going to that, take Mannion? And, and... It, it, would be the one, it would be the one area where I think it, it's fascinating to see what's happening, but I think it's the one area that's fascinating about this game. How will Dublin approach Kerry? How will Kerry approach Dublin? You know, I think if Dublin go man-to-man and Kerry, and Kerry go man-to-man and Dublin, we'll have a very high-scoring game. Because I do believe that the, the, the players that Dublin will have earmarked to go man-to-man and to carry forwards are not capable of, doing, of marking. That's a big statement to make. I don't think they would be capable of doing that job. And I don't think the Kerry players would be capable of going man-to-man on, on the Dublin players. I would see Tom Sullivan picking up Paul Mannion. And I honestly believe Paul Mannion is, is an outstanding forward. I mean, he, he's just getting better and better and better. Tom Sullivan probably has been the best man-marking cornerback in the championship this year. He's already blotted out Jamie Brennan he's, and, and uh, he took, took on Peter Hart. I would see him picking up um, Paul Mannion. It's interesting to I don't know what will happen with Tyke Morley. He he did mark here on Kilkenny before, and I believe Kilkenny is crucial to Dublin. I could see Morley taking taking Kilkenny, but then who will take Conor Callaghan? That's that's the question, you know. And the in the in the other side of the field, then I presume Johnny Cooper will pick up David Clifford. I presume Michael Fitzsimons will take up Paul Ganey. I think James McCarthy will take up Peter O'Brien, and John Small will take up Sean O'Shea. And I suppose uh, midfield has been an area where Dublin have been impressive, but also mm-hmm. Kerry have impressed there uh, in this championship summer. Well, that's another interesting. I mean, David Moran and Brian Fenton would probably be the two all-star midfielders if you're picking it this morning. Um, they're they're opposite each other. Two different type of players, obviously. I think Brian Fenton is a phenomenal footballer. His mobility, his ability on the ball, just everything he does. He's an incredible footballer. But I think in his own right, David Moran is an incredible footballer as well and has the ability to dictate a game, but he needs legs around him because he doesn't have that mobility that, say, Brian Fenton has, you know. So who will his partner be? That's the big question down here in Kerry. Are they going to bring Jack Barry back? Uh, he has done well on John, uh, Brian Fenton in the past. Um, if they bring Jack Barry back, has he the legs to perform that role because he hasn't played much football this summer? You know, so there's a lot of interesting conundrums. Adrian Spillane, who's under, un, unheralded and unsung, always plays well against Dublin in those two games in Chile in the National League. He had fantastic matches. You know, it's, it, it's intriguing, uh, Peter. None of us know, ultimately, what the, the two 15s are going to be on the field the next day, but it really is intriguing to see what both, both managements will do. Like, I wonder, is David, David Byrne going to start cornerback? Will Philly McMahon play? You know, there's so many imponderables. Yeah, indeed. And, and I suppose... 
you know, uh, we talk about the great rivalry between between Dublin and Kerry, but undoubtedly there's there's that element of an edge to it. You know, I was down in Tralee for, for the league game and, uh, you know, you could tell it meant a lot to the Kerry people. They stayed behind to applaud the team afterwards, which was only right. They'd beaten the All-Ireland champions. And when Peter came came into the media room afterwards, you know, he had a big smile on his face. He mightn't have shown it if it was on TV, but in terms of being able to, to read them, you know, they took great pleasure out of that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, they can lift themselves for a team like Dublin. You see, look, it's, it's it's an amazing rivalry. I mean, I'm 50 years on the planet, and I, my first All-Ireland, I can remember, was 1975. Mm. And we all know what happened in, in the 70s and 80s. But we say Kerry hadn't been beaten by Dublin from 1977, that famous semi-final, to, to 2011. Mm-hmm. For that period of 34 years, Kerry people felt when they played Dublin they were going to win every game. Now Dublin probably feel when they're playing Kerry they're going to win every game. But as you know, it, there are swings and roundabouts, twists in every tail. And right now, Dublin have been a phenomenal team over the last decade. But it's quite interesting to see the emergence of this new-look Kerry team. Um, they're very young, but they, people down here are quite confident that Kerry are going to do well on Sunday. You know, it's strange. In any other county in Ireland right now, going into an All-Ireland final against this Dublin team, nobody would give them a chance. But in Kerry, we believe we have a chance. And 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 that that and and especially it being Dublin as well and the rivalries that's there, it's going to be fascinating to see how this young Kerry. We know how Dublin are going to play. We know how good Dublin are. And we only expect something great from Dublin every time they go out in the field to play. But I th- I think the big question mark is how good are Kerry, and how good is this young team, and how good can they be? And bringing it all together, I suppose, Sylvester, put your 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 money on it. Who's going to win? What's your head and your heart telling you on Sunday afternoon? Well, my heart has dreamt of speaking, you know, all all week, uh, all month, I've been dreaming about these beautiful scenarios where we beat Dublin, you know, but that's my dreaming head. My reality head tells me we happen to hope of beating Dublin on Sunday. The the bookies have us at 5-1, to one, which is extraordinary. I mean, going back to 75, I can't ever remember a Kerry team going into an All-Ireland final who were so, so with, with such high odds and so unfancied. Of course, Dublin should win. Um, they're an unbelievable football team. But it's, sport is weird. It's wonderful. That's why we all love it. Will Dublin perform the way they do under, under the spotlight? We expect them to do that, but maybe they won't. And if they don't, that Kerry team is good enough to take advantage of it. But I expect Dublin to win. I mean, thanks indeed to Sylvester Hennessy for joining me on the show. Now, if you were listening into the show last week, you might have heard Shay Connolly with his song The Five in a Row is What We're After, a Dublin supporters track that we played on the show. And earlier on this evening, I caught up with Shay to find out a little bit of the background of the track. How did it come about? When did you start writing the song? When did you start thinking about putting out a song ahead of this big game on Sunday? Uh, well, the last couple of years, I've I've uh, I've written songs about the Dublin team, uh, but I never did anything with them. They were just phone recordings, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, this year, I you know, with the unique thing of going for five in a row, I penned another one, and uh, I just wrote the team down on a sheet of paper, and I tried to include everybody on it. And uh, I thought I had it finished, and I was sitting down listening to it where I got everybody in, as as many as I possibly could, uh, from the curtain panel. And uh, I listened back to it, and I had it all done and everything, and, jeez, uh, Michael Mac- Darren McGauley wasn't in it. And I said, oh, holy <laughs> God, how could I forget? One of my favourite players, who, who I would put down as, uh, once they uncovered Michael Darren, he was the engine room in the centre, he was the new Brian Mullins, and... Uh, 
And I also thought we possibly could have won an All-Ireland in 2012. He was still playing midfield. Mm. So they had him centre-forward and full-forward. But when he came out, even that... Uh, that match against Donegal, so he nearly turned it, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I hadn't got him in, and uh, I, I, I don't have a lot of hair, but I, the bits of it, I pulled the rest out, <laughs> and I had to change it around, and, uh, and I just done a phone recording. That wasn't done in the studio, or that, and uh, I just uh, had it on my phone, and I put it through a microphone uh, onto my wife's phone, and that's just the thing, and. Uh, uh, I was happy enough for the centre round to a few people and they said it was grand, it was good, good old tune and all that crack. Absolutely, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just found the centre to one guy, uh, he's involved in Rings End Productions and um, he said, we'll do a video for the crack. And uh, Rings End Productions, they're a, a, a group that was set up by a few friends from Rings End. Uh, they do short videos uh, of Rings End, it's people's and the events, both past and present, with the aim of documenting the history of Ring's End for the present and future generations to come, you know. And I saw some of the video was done, obviously, outside Croke Park, but in terms of locations, were they all Ring's End pubs that you're in? Well, the first pub, yeah, was the Ashton Ring's End. Uh, and then we went over to Luke Kelly's statue. Uh, we were over there. It was great crack doing it over there now, uh, over on Cherry Street. And, well... Sure, we did two or three times. We did it all in two and a half hours. But we uh, there was a great little story there that during one of the takes, uh, there was a girl going by with a Dublin jersey on her. <laughs> and I said to her, do you want to get in for the crack, you know? Yeah. And she says, oh, Jesus, no, I'm from Roscommon. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, she, she then told me that her husband was from Dublin and all that crack, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so th- then we went up to uh, went up to Patrick Cavanagh's uh, bench there and we put a Dublin scarf on him <laughs> and a hat and uh, we done there and then uh, my mother's 95 years of age next month wow. uh, and uh, she went we went up there and uh, unfortunately I have uh, four brothers that died in the last 10-12 years and uh, they were all my Dublin supporters yeah so you can see a, a picture in that video of uh, a brother of mine who went everywhere. And uh, there's a picture of him in the Sam McGuire when I had her in the house a couple of years back. And of course, you yourself would be involved. I mean, you've been supporting Dublin for years, as you say, like your brothers were. And you've been involved with uh, with Clonagall Fontenoy as well in terms of your club. Yeah, all my life. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, retired now. <laughs> a long time retired. Uh, actually, I... I, I played up till I was nearly 49 or something uh, but there was big gaps in between that where I didn't play at all yeah I play I'm playing there played with clans Clan McGill Fontenoy since I was about 10 you know wow so you're yeah, a, certainly great, a one club man anyway yeah 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 as, as the vast vast majority of GA people are you know it's community and it's, it's all about community absolutely and, and what about as you say, you've been watching Dublin for years. What about this current Dublin team? I mean, an incredible thing to be heading into a final, trying to do five in a row, as the song obviously mentions. But I mean, how incredible has it been to to be following this team in this decade? Well, look, I just I just tell you, uh, I remember when uh, Fitzgerald got the point uh, to draw with Dublin down in Torless, and my son turned around to me and he said, "I'll never see Dublin win in All Ireland." <laughs> And I couldn't reassure him because I in my mind I said, when will we ever win in a lifetime again? Yeah. I had no idea, and no one had, what lay in store, you know. 
they're they're an absolutely unique team. Uh, you know, I I don't think there's any massive worry about not winning winning or about winning underage uh, all Ireland's or anything like that. I just think it's the it's the setup. It's a template that's there. Uh, he keeps them so grounded. Uh, it's community based. It's back in the real ethos of the GEA. And I think them players are playing it out in their daily life, coupled with their fantastic footballers, and the whole thing has come together. And, and in terms of how they're appreciated, I suppose uh, they won't mind what anyone else thinks of them, but in terms of how they're appreciated outside the county, maybe on social media, you know, there's often criticism of the way Dublin are, are maybe set up. And of course, you, you did an article on, online for Joe uh, kind of looking at this. So you, I know you were kind of looking in more broadly, but what did you, what did you find? What did you, did you see in that? Well, I, I, I was trying to, I was just getting some facts together, you know, that, uh, well, if Dublin have all this money, well, then how come we haven't won a football? We've only won one fo- minor football since 1984. We haven't won a Hurland since 1938, when there was only one Dublin man on us. Uh, we've never won an under-21 All-Ireland. It's 1965 since we won a minor All-Ireland. So... Uh, you know, if, if it's if it's based on finance, well then, if they are going to redistribute monies throughout the 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 thirty two counties, well then don't look at the Dublin template hmm. because uh, it, it, I just prove like well, in my article I say about like Bally Mon, like Paddy Christie, uh, all this uh, this sequence of events all came together in my view. Like, if you were... Ballymun of 26 All-Ireland medals between them, the players. Ballymun kick and tap since 2011. Hmm. You know, there's no money out there. Yeah. You know, you you have... Uh, you had Paddy Christie and others in Ballymun kicking, producing these fantastic footballers. You know, and uh, and I said, once they go into the setup, I think it's the whole original ethos of the GEA. You know, that it's community-based... And everything is honest, and you're modest, and everything. And these players, like these, are producing this type of ethos in 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 so many ways across that their whole aspects of life. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, and and in terms of well, I suppose in terms of this Sunday, what can they do this Sunday? Do you, do you fancy them to win it, or how close can Kerry get, or can Kerry cause? I suppose it would be an upset, which is be rare enough to talk about Kerry causing an upset in All Ireland final. But can they do it on Sunday? Yeah, well, it's going to be very tactical. It's going to be very, very tactical for a long time, I believe. You know, uh, like you have uh, you have Stephen O'Brien, like he's doing all the he's the runner for Kerry. Will uh, Will McCaffrey go on him? Will it loop? Will they be just shadowing each other? You know, so I think there'll be a whole lot of tactics going on. I mean, Dublin definitely have the ability to win it, and uh, and have the better players and all that but it's you know it's uh, it's a situation where if they can reproduce those 10-15 minutes that they do if Kerry can stop them doing that like but can you, you can't stop them for 70 minutes not to date nobody has stopped them to do it you might uh, hold them back for long periods of the game but they're capable of producing those 10 or 15 minutes and almost knockout punches uh, to the opposition, 
I think they've a great chance, absolutely great, great chance of creating history. And my thanks indeed to Shay for joining me on the show. You'll hear the five in a row is what we're after at the end of the show this evening. Now last but by no means least, we go to Dublin football manager Jim Gavin. A chance for him to achieve what the likes of Mick O'Dwyer and Brian Cody just missed out on, the historic five in a row. We began the conversation though by looking back at the Mayo game and that 12 minute period where Dublin had scored 2-6. The performance level, I mean can you aspire to that 15 minute or maybe 13 minute period where you got 2-6? Can you aspire to that over 70 or is it just teams get purple patches and you have to make advantage of them when you get them? All you're look, all, all we are trying to eke out is... is uh you know, a high level of, of consistency and performance over the games. The, 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 when, you, when you look at, at, at the terms of the performance of, of, of a team, if, if it's perfection, is, is which, which you're kind of probably referring to, a bit like that's a bit like infinity. It's kind of just, there's always something to, in each facet of play that you want to improve upon. Yeah, we went through a, we went through a, a, a patch in the game where we, we executed really well. The first half, Mayo defended really well and took their scores really well. and we're just avoid going in half time with two points up. Could have been more that we did really well um, to to limit the scores to to to, to just two points being down. Um, so over the expanse of the game, it will ebb and flow. Um, that's probably a better way of answering your question. And uh, you just need to try and when the opportunities come your way, try and execute them as best you can. And uh, but as I said, it, it, there's, there's rich learning from that game from. You know, uh, for the players, for myself and the management team, and, and we'll try and learn as best we can and prepare as best we can for another massive challenge in in, a, in the final against Kerry. Yeah, sure. And, and speaking of Kerry, I was down at the game in Tralee. Now I appreciate the your own panel, your own players were only kind of back from Holly, not particularly long at that stage. But you know, people and I've heard you talk about it before. Talk, kind of talk down Gaelic football sometimes. You know, the league is only the league, or whatever it might be. But, you know, after that game, the response of the Kerry public, the response of Kerry supporters, the response even of the Kerry team afterwards, it showed how much it meant to beat a team as good as Dublin, a team that have won four All-Irelands in a row. And I suppose they kind of bring that tradition with them. They have that, that, that sense that they expect to win games. Yeah, that was a really enjoyable game. Um, a great game for us to get. We were only back a few weeks at that stage um, yeah, from, from, from the winter, uh, the Christmas break. Um, and we obviously we 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 we, um, we had a lot of work to do in the legs, and Kerry did look very fresh and full of energy. Um, and in hindsight, it was great to get a close up look at them. Um, and we came back on the bus saying, "Yeah, that's a very impressive team." And um, it wasn't just a once-off though; they they, they looked very accomplished during the national their national league campaign and got some serious results both at home and away, and rightfully got into a. Deservedly got into a to a national league final, um, and I think they've carried that form into the Munster campaign. Uh, you know they looked very impressive against Cork, albeit the score was tight at the end. But they opened up really impressive. You know six attacks, one five on the board. The game against their game in 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 Ennis against Clare in difficult conditions. They you know they, they managed that game quite well in the quarterfinal in the in the quarterfinal series. You know Donegal would have posed a lot of questions for them. And I thought they answered them really, really well. Very clinical performance against Mead. You know, difficult tie going up to Navan, and they they came away with that relatively unscathed. Then their semi-final against Tyrone. You know, four points down at half time against a really experienced Tyrone team with an outstanding manager, Mickey Hart, and they still turned it around and you know finished with some aplomb. And he backed it up with a performance in in in, in down in Kerry against Mayo. Uh, first 19 attacks, 15 points on the board. You know, this isn't a team who's developing. This is a team that's that's already accomplished and polished, and is 
are consistently backing up performances. So it's going to be um, it's going to be a massive challenge for us. Um, we're looking forward to. It. And in terms of the players, you would have seen that day, like 12 of the lads who played in Tralee for Kerry were playing yesterday. I think 11 of them started. Mm. So although obviously teams will change from, from league to championship and there's different intensity and as you said, there's different fitness levels and all the rest of it, they were still putting some of their big players on show, players that you expect to play a big part in whatever performance Kerry put in. And yeah, like they're, they're, um, they, have a, they have a very, very deep squad now. There's a bit of maybe consistency in terms of the back line. Uh, Tyg Moore looking really good at full back and... Gavin Curley said a half back, um, give them a you know, good solid spine. That Thomas Oven doing really well, you know, midfield, a lot of combinations. Spalama's there last day with, with David Moore, who's back to his best and looked very impressive at the, the games I've seen him in. Obviously, Jack Barry, who played there in Tralee that day, he's really, really good. And Sherwood came on the second half, Jack Sherwood, and, you know, had a massive impact for them. And then up front, some of their more experienced players are back to best form, Paul Ganey. Looking very slick and com- full of confidence. Uh, Stephen O'Brien is in probably player of the year for him uh, at this stage, and that's I wouldn't say that lightly. And then you have their, 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 their I suppose their, their, their Kerry Gold and, and Sean O'Shea and David Clifford, you know, just really skillful, skillful players who are you know backing up performances consistently. Um, no doubt, have nailed down probably all stars already. That was Dublin manager Jim Gavin doing his best, I suppose, to talk up the massive potential that is in that Kerry team. Now, I'm afraid that is pretty much all we have time for here on GA Sports Desk uh, on Dublin City FM. This Sunday, Mick Hanley is going to be in Crow Park on behalf of the station, so there will be updates as part of the On The Ball programme. That's with Declan Hughes starting at three. The game, of course, starting at half three, and we'll have updates throughout the evening. We're hoping not to have a repeat of a moment like this. A high, lapping, dropping ball in towards the but instead to have Dublin claiming a fifth All-Ireland title in a row. Great anticipation all around County Dublin. Great anticipation here in the studio, I have to say as well. Up the dubs. Best of luck to Jim Gavin and to the players. On behalf of the GA Sports Desk team, Katie Scanlon on sound and myself, Peter Brannigan. Hopefully they do it on Sunday and we will talk to you again next Wednesday evening. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Herald, every side of Dublin. Team. Since I was a child, they've always been my dream. They went from throwing me to a 99 ice cream. They're the best team that I've ever seen. Who put the ball in the carry net? Oh, Kevin McDade and the sea was set. But the greatest team this country has seen in the way to history. Five in a row is what we're after. All the women will be jumping up and down with laughter. Greatest team this country has seen in the way to history. He's a very hard man, takes all the flack, but doesn't really give a damn. Davy and Fitzy, control the parallelogram, Scully and Kilkenny, carrying out the master plan. 
Honey, you come and keep the hand in the sun A pair of burn or take it out of a hole Ray, this thing that's country seen And away to history If I leave in a row is what we're after All Dublin will be jumping up and down with laughter Ray, this thing that's country seen And away to history Yeah, Macaulay's runs causing earthquakes. Keen O'Sullivan is elegance and grace. Howard he gets down and wins a dirty break. Passes to McCaffrey, who leaves him in his way. He's flying up the wing with a break in the sweat. He comes in the middle and he sticks it in the net. Greatest team that his country has seen on the way to history. The five in a row is what we're after. All Dublin will be jumping up and down with laughter. Greatest team that his country has seen on the way to history. Down the home straight and things are very tight They know put them over from the left and the right King Kong and Manya are leading the fight But we're two points down and the end's inside Till Spring's there with Connie with five minutes to go He's sick to in the corner for five in a row Greatest thing that this country's seen on the way to history The five in a row is what we're after All the will be jumping up and down with laughter Greatest thing that this country has seen on the way to history the five in a row is what we're after All the will be jumping up and down with laughter Greatest thing that this country has seen On the way to history Greatest thing that this country has seen On the way to history